Arr, grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Starter Shed podcast. I'm Matthew Weir, joined by Kerry Warbis. We were just saying off air, we've enjoyed it this week. Is that a rarity? It sort of is, isn't it? I love it. I've really, really liked a lot of the week. There haven't been sort of many silly bits. I've enjoyed Ardil's strange character shifts this week. Uh, George as well. Very much enjoyed him. And Pat went mental. Pat chat. Pat chat. Pat chat. Pat chat. Pat chat. Hey, along with the Pat chat jingle, can you make a pate chat for Robert? I will in me f*** carry. Not that you haven't got enough on your bloody plate. How many times was seafood mentioned this week, Kerry? Ah, right. Okay. I love seafood as well. So my ears did prick up a bit. There was a sumptuous seafood buffet that was going to be by Ian, I think it was, or his chef or something. Yeah. That was for the uh, opening with, I suppose, canapes were mentioned, but they didn't say what those were. There was also Neil was making lobster thermidor and needed some tarragon to go in it. Yep. Uh, what else? What else? Prawns were mentioned twice. Good heavens. I believe prawn cocktails were mentioned, possibly with some sarcasm in relation to the black tie event. And then Helen said to Alan and Pat, you're just prawns in his game. Oh, <laughs> very good. Yeah, I didn't spot either of those two prawns at all. No, I had some fish fingers for lunch today. That's my seafood contribution. Well, you were enjoying a sumptuous sausage sandwich when we spoke the other day (laughs) on Saturday. Such a basic bit, really. Kerry, we're going to throw a little ad in here. Have you been turned down by the Trinity? Vilified by the vicar? Chucked by the church? Or f***ed over at the font? Don't worry. Because Alan's Backstreet Baptisms accepts all into his holy kingdom. Here's just a few of the misunderstood flock he's dunked in the funk. Hi there, my name's Mary. When I went to Alan, he put me in the font quicker than that woman in Coventry put that cat in the wheelie bin. Also, that woman was me. My name's Rob. I'd always wanted to be baptised in Ambridge. The hero of the flood, they called me. Hey Rob, whatever happened to that Stefan guy? He just vanished. Shut up. Anyway, Alan was a star. Did the ceremony on the quiet to keep all my fans away. Created a fake vicar called Rev Berry in honour of his favourite singer, Nick Berry. He even printed the invites. Five stars. Would recommend. Hi, my name's Last year I completely wrecked the economy by being a f***ing clueless That didn't matter to Alan. He said he'd baptise me on the basis that I was only the second worst person he'd ever met connected with cheese. Don't hesitate. Contact Alan today at hello at thesidershed.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, what do you reckon that the big ball sounds like uh, entertainment-wise? It's the idea that they're going to be welcomed with can. I can't do the Linda pronunciation of canapes. Yeah, she likes the pronunciation, doesn't she? I liked it when she was going plasmon about where people would sit. Oh, one thing that really gets me is when people pronounce things like an arse. 
It's just not including that psychic. <laughs> oh yeah, not, is there an arse in your family? <laughs> did she pronounce canapé? I think she did way, canapé though. funny, and she can't resist buffet being oh, said like an arse as well. Is it buffet to her? It was up there with Pat's uh, beef bourguignon. Bourguignon. That's the main reason Helen didn't eat it, I think, because of the pronunciation. <laughs> Lounge piano classics courtesy of Kiki Pratchett. Full redemption for Kiki. Yeah, it seems to be, doesn't it? And dancing um, until the early hours with music by a top-class show band. What does show band mean? Is it... Frank Sinatra, songs from the okay. shows. I was imagining like a Glenn Miller type, massive orchestra type. That's that vein, yeah. Okay. And then they've got um, Trixie Malarkey. <laughs> oh, I wrote, I completely wrote down the wrong name because I couldn't remember what it was. And I just wrote Foxy McClucky or something. <laughs> I couldn't remember. And an ice sculptor. This all sounds so bad to me anyway. Oh. The idea is that they've gone for this very fresh, modern approach. Unfortunately, it's ended up sounding like something from the bloody 1970s. I know. Well, yeah, well, I, in my mind, wish it was because everything's falling apart and not finished. Like Carry On Abroad, the hotel in that. <laughs> I saw the tweets. <laughs> and you know that party that they have where they're all drinking terrible punch that makes everyone go off their face whilst the hotel's crumbling around them. That's my vision of the Grey Gables launch party. It's starting to sound that way, isn't it? I mean, Emma caught Adil heading to the car and I got that impression. You know when you see those people in those old movies where they've literally got every suitcase attached to their body, including (laughs) like a circular one on their head? And I thought that's where he was going. And he was just like, "Um, yeah, I'm just... Was it Emma said to Linda afterwards, he's going on a mini break. (laughs) Yeah. All right, that's a mini break. If you think of your average holiday as 7,000 years. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't quite need to take heavy suitcases for a mini break, especially as a bloke. This might be sexist, but I think men travel light, don't they really? Don't need as many things. The lightest I've ever travelled was two Christmases ago. I woke up morning after we interviewed Madeline, who plays Chelsea. Mm. My alarm hadn't gone off. Oh, yeah. And I woke up 55 minutes before my plane was taking off. And I somehow got to the airport and I remember sitting on the plane thinking in your pajamas yeah how has this happened (laughs) and I just then called my neighbors and were like you're gonna have to go into the apartment and check that everything is as it should be I reckon in that heavy suitcase he had is the designer of the kitchen's corpse (laughs) (laughs) what is going on with that and where has he suddenly got the authority Mm. to say I'm telling the I'm going to tell them they have to rip the whole kitchen out, mm. to which point Adil says, you can't do that. And he was like, can't I? And I felt like, no, you can't, Ian. You're here to buy fucking cheese, you knobhead. Yeah, yeah. A lot about that was very off, wasn't it? So my first thought, I'm no kitchen expert and or chef expert. I'm sure you'll be adding stuff to this but my first thought was is this really the initial viewing of how the kitchen is all set up by Ian no of course he'll have seen it before why is he only just Mm. bringing it up is it because supposedly Adil's been so busy that you can't get to him so the idea is Mm. that the all the chefs he said brigade which is one of the most wanky things you can say in the chef world yeah yeah they're going to be facing the public okay nothing unusual about that lots of open kitchens he then said that it was a distance to get from the the ovens to the pass where they would plate the food and serve the food well i don't really know what he's saying there i presume he's saying that there's a bank of units where you you plate the food and then there's a bank of units where you serve the food so they have to walk around the first unit to get to the second mm. one whereas normally you just be with your back you to them turn, turn, turn yeah. and plate mm. yeah he's got a point but there's there are ways around that you would just have to put like a hole in the middle of the units or a walkway in the middle of the units so it goes through yeah yeah what? it's a pain in the arse but mm. it's not let's rip out the whole kitchen and then decide that yeah that's my remit as head of food it's not he's not executive chef as far Mm. as I know and the person who would be able to say that or at least have the authority to say that would be the executive chef yeah I'm not sure that the solution is to sort of scream at your employer yeah like you say get the workmen to remove every single item of the kitchen oh by the way what is a grease trap 
which is miles away. Well, it's where all of the gunk goes because you clean a lot of plates and a lot of grease goes into the the sinks. Mm. It really blew my in-laws' minds that there's no grease trap as standard in most kitchens in Europe because in Brazil you have one. It's a box that traps all the grease. As part of your sink, do you mean? Yes, yeah, underneath. Okay. Because I do remember we had one in Ireland in our kitchen and we had a young chap came to work in the kitchen as kitchen porter. And one of the things you have to do every week is clean out the entire grease trap, which means you have to dump the industrial stuff into a, a special container and put it out for collection. Ah. And I explained that to him very clearly. And he took it out. He took it to the sink and he poured it all down the sink. <laughs> nice lad. Not very bright. Oh, God. Yeah. He wasn't long for the kitchen. <laughs> Oh, bless him, though. Did anyone properly explain it to him? I believe it's explained to him multiple times. Oh, dear. I bet he cringes about that. I doubt he even remembers. Oh, oh, I'm embarrassed for him. It happened so quickly. Mm. Everyone was just completely aghast at what they saw. So meanwhile, in our country here, we're pouring all manner of grease down the sink, really, aren't we? Like with with boiling water, hopefully. Or That's why you've got the fatberg, isn't it? Yes. We're proud of our fatbergs. Last seen in Whitstable, <laughs> which is probably where Ardil's going. Yeah, where do you think? Now, he said he might as well go to Mars, so I reckon he's gone there. <laughs> Well, I mean, Elon Musk is meant to be setting up flights there at some point, isn't he? And the way he speaks sometimes, which is like a corporate email, he might well be some sort of pre-programmed alien being. That's why he's so odd. He malfunctions every now and again. Yeah. yeah. He uh, went right off at Kenton about the beer tent, didn't he? Oh, my God. Yeah. He, <laughs> he called it a, a squalid idea or squalid tent and thought it'd be some army canvas disgustingly insulting to him and to Linda. He said Sully the their event with a squalid gazebo. Oh, that was... <laughs> yes. He was picturing some really bad kind of Festival mm. of Britain, papery plastic Union Jack hat kind of thing, wasn't mm. he? That's what he had in his head. Yeah, and then relented, came to Kenton. I do love Kenton sometimes. He's really... Famous. Oh, I didn't think you'd be seen in such a squalid establishment as this. Bang on telling him to go to Linda and reminding yes. him of exactly what happened to Linda in that place as well. Yeah. So Ardil is totally unravelling. Bit by bit, we've had hints of the project not being on track. What's he do- what is Roy doing as well? Why isn't Roy pointing out things that are not being done on time in all of the past months? Maybe Roy still hasn't deleted the dating apps and he's too busy shagging. <laughs> It's very straight, like, it's literally opening in a couple of weeks, isn't it? We should say, if we haven't mentioned it before, one of the harshest editorial decisions we made at the last minute was that that week when Roy was shagging like a mad thing on all of those apps, mm. there was a last minute decision to say that we couldn't call the episode Roy Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I probably said, I'll go on, do it. Where I want him to explain himself. Well, he has to be on mic for that, not his dad. But um, he, he has to get on his shoulders. So many people we've longed to be on mic. I know, lucky Mike. No wonder he ran off to Birmingham. <laughs> did you see that tweet I did earlier where an actual Birmingham person, and now no disrespect to the individual concerned, but a Birmingham man has died during baptism. Yeah, and what was his name, Kerry? Rob was his name Rob there was no explanation as to what's happened except a woman was arrested right yes it could be a health episode I said last week that maybe Alan would try and hold Rob down under the water I hope I think Usha's more likely to try and do that he buggered both of them over didn't he with the invite nice touch Rob <gasps> oh Susan opening her birthday cards <laughs> that was so good wasn't it yeah like, oh got an invitation oh no it's Rob's baptism and then Neil was going (laughs) it'd be good if he'd have made a little poem Rob roses are red violets are blue yeah I've got a baptism invitation for you (laughs) and then um Susan even on her birthday morning went right I'm getting on the blower to Pat straight away she got her phone out didn't she she was a right twat to Usha in the shop though wasn't she oh god yes I enjoyed it though it was so funny she uses that platform 
to let everyone know exactly what she thinks of them. And half the time she's got the wrong end of the stick. Yes. But that was really for the purposes of the fact that Helen was there dropping off a dozen Borchester blue or sterling gold. Yeah. Which then meant... She could tell her. Yes. Yeah. And also meant that we knew that quite soon when Usha went back to Alan going, oh, I've just had a very strange encounter in the post office with Susan. But not long after that, Pat would be ringing on the doorbell. Yeah, Pat rang the doorbell like my old neighbour when I was a kid, Hillary used to. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> was it like? I can't even remember how it went. It's like they're running from like a murderous marauding gang or something. (laughs) But they were just bringing a Tupperware back most of the time. She was brilliant. I I can't remember who answered the door, but they said, are you you okay or are you you all right? No, everything's not all right. And here is why. (laughs) Obviously, was showing the invitation. Okay. uh, I I believe so far we're off the hook, Usha. Oh, shit. I got to the bottom. Yeah, she would not listen to anything Alan had to say. He barely had chance to breathe. And she was like, you know, all of my family will never have anything to do with you ever again. You're unforgivable behaviour. I was really hoping for an outtake there that had accidentally ended up where Alan just went, f***ing results. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and she uh, even used Peggy, didn't she? To, as a sort of weapon, weaponized Peggy. What, to like beat him around the head with? I'd <laughs> yeah, like to see that. sort of swung around. Is this how she finally goes out? <laughs> By her tights. By saying, oh, she won't be going to church either. It's like, oh. Amazing. So what? Yeah, I'm Fine. A, bothered, mate. <laughs> yeah. I like the way Pat said, and no one else will go to church anyway. Can you imagine the word goes around the village? Hey, the archers from Bridge Farm aren't going to be in church on Sunday. Bloody packed. Yes. Record numbers. <laughs> But Helen, by contrast, was very sanguine about the whole affair. Is it real, though? No. Externally, Calm wants Rob to not be winding her up, not hurting her. It's a protective layer, isn't it? Of you know, So if he's found God, then that might be OK. And if he hasn't really, then what's it got to do with us? More fool him. I'm glad Alan actually told Pat that it's got nothing to do with Usha. Yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. It does put him in an awkward situation, doesn't it? There's lots of people chatting about this, not particularly on the Cider Shed um, mm. Facebook page, but on other Archer's Facebook pages about really what a position it did put Alan in mm-hmm. as him being a member of his parish. And he was kind of backed into a corner a bit. I think the best option was for him to have found somebody else to do it. Yeah. But do you think he only put that in, and thanks to Alan and Usha Franks, for helping me achieve my dream of entering the kingdom of heaven? Do you think he only wrote that because of that little face-off he had with Usha, or do you think he was always going to do that? Oh, it's just pure Rob, that, isn't it? Really broadcasting to people to stir more trouble and to make out that he's got the go-ahead by God folk. I, I do think, though, Alan, you're right that he should have got someone else to do it obviously but his key thought shouldn't only have been for him as an individual but for the impact it does have on his immediate community wasn't that what he was thinking i think it was wasn't it he did say to rob people around here will not be happy about you being baptized yeah i meant really early on when he was kind of being swayed a bit by robert he was he was extraordinarily naive or generous of spirit i'm not sure it might have been a bit of both and was a bit blindsided he wasn't properly thinking about the bigger picture immediately but yeah it, it was hard Someone tells you that they've got a terminal illness and they believe they've found God as a vicar. Your initial reaction isn't going to be f*** off. (laughs) I don't really like you. He waited till Monday's episode to say that, didn't he, when he went around his house for a coffee. I mean, none of us are entirely sure that he still is, are we? Not really, no. I I reckon there's probably tumour. Something is wrong with him, possibly. But he's over-egging it to the maximum and that, you know, he's not really fitting. He's not really collapsing. He's not really losing his balance as much as he's making out. Or he's just grabbed someone else's medical records of a scan (laughs) that he knows has that condition and has just slipped it into his folder. But he wasn't in it this week. No, but as many people will say, that's the the Rob effect, isn't it? That he is in it even when he's not. I was quite disappointed right at the beginning of Sundays that we didn't get to hear status quo on the church organ (laughs) for that funeral that Alan was trying to sort out. 
Sunday's episode, I decided one of the first times I've done this in a long time, I made my notes during the first listen. Oh, yeah. And it was an epic episode. Like A4 page. It is. Almost. I'm looking at it right now and it's probably got a couple of centimetres left at the bottom. I kept expecting the music to kick in because there were a series of like closing lines and then it never, it reminded me of when I went to see the final Lord of the Rings movie in Sydney, Australia, and it kept on fading out to black and then fading back in. And at one point, <laughs> and we went to see a midnight showing. So it got to three and a, three thirty in the morning. Oh and the magic goodness. was just completely broken because it faded out and it faded back in and one of the hobbits was walking up to his house and some bloke just went, oh, f***ing hell. <laughs> and the whole cinema just burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to end after the row between Usha and Alan where she was shouting at him about having his saviour fantasy and he did that whole Zacchaeus the tax collector speech about you know teaching us you know when you make an effort to experience Jesus then you'll be rewarded and it's also kind of to do with not making a judgment based on appearance only and there was another reference to that with Emma she's reading a book and I wish was it great expectation she listed a few didn't she but Linda went ah of mice and men oh that was it yeah did a quote to her about don't judge on appearances. It seemed to be a bit of a theme. Well, it was mentioned twice. <laughs> I'm grasping at straws there. <laughs> the final thing that it ended on was Emma just going, you're the fairy godmother. To oh. Linda, I was like, after all the things you could have ended on that night, you ended yeah. on that. Well, that's because Emma can't speak without mentioning some sort of story slash book slash tale slash, you know, she's Cinderella this week, isn't she? Oh, Someone's at my door with some takeaway food. Pat? <laughs> yeah, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Yes, fairy tales, balls. She's going to get a. Speaking of balls, Susan's got to try to overcome her fear of ghoulies. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if she if she sat behind Neil on the tandem and he starts to go for like one of those real kind of, he's got tight enough cycling shorts and he does that standy uppy thing. That'll help her get over her fear of. <laughs> of ghoulies her feel of ghoulies <laughs> um and emma's gonna buy a ball gown from a charity shop is it going to be one of those situations where no one else has got a ball gown on they're just quite normally dressed for an evening out and she's gonna have a sort of uh, sue rider 1980s massive sort of peach <laughs> <laughs> And feel very out of place. Because Linda did mention um, Eliza Doolittle, didn't she? Wouldn't Kenton want his invites back now that he's made peace with Adil, but maybe he just assumes that he'll be running the beer tent that night. Yeah. So yeah. does that mean the the bull, there will be no fireworks show at all and the bull is just going to take all its business over to the field adjacent to Grey Gables, whose name Sounded I forgot? did like it, didn't it? Yeah. That's a good compromise if it's, if it's a one-year only thing, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. The only trouble is he's made this deal with Adil, who's on his way to Whitstable on a oh, yeah. one-way one mission. <laughs> he's gone to Mars <laughs> with the corpse of the kitchen designer. <laughs> Yes, it's Kenton will be okay. He'll make money out of his local ales and what have you, won't he? And he'll just like just look up. There are the fireworks. He doesn't even have to pay for any of them. He should be quite happy. What did you make of the Halloween tour in the woods? Now, as silly stories go in the archers, it wasn't too bad. But I think mainly it wasn't too bad because it was quite short. <laughs> Actually, was it? Is it? For, am I making the same cock up as you? Is it meant to be for Friday the thirteenth, or is it? Is he just practicing because it's for Halloween? It's the Halloween walk okay, practice. All right. All right. Yeah. So they started off. Uh, there was an owl hooting. It was quite comical. It wasn't overdone. I know that's good as well because it's been a long time since we've had Jill on mic. It was good to hear that. <laughs> the only. Do you know real... what I was focusing on then when you said that the on mic bit <laughs> again. <laughs> The only sad thing is, is when Emma decked Will and they had to leave altogether, they totally forgot that Jill was still up the tree in character. Good. So we That's know not that, a shame. So Peggy is going to go finally go out with Pat swinging her around yeah, in the vestry at Alan yeah. and Jill's going to perish in the tree being eaten by wild squirrels. That's fine by me, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a practice, all ridiculous, of course, but not too bad. It was okay. It was quite yeah. obvious, even from the dog noise, that it was Will, though, wasn't it? Yes. I don't know. I had my headphones in. I was like, well, that's clearly Will. That's a human, yes. 
It, it was up there with that thing I've mentioned before about that Chinese zoo that was trying to pass like a, oh. a, a large Pomeranian off as a lion. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Oh, Susan's birthday as well. She got the tandem, didn't she? And that was all a right joke, wasn't it? She was expecting the helicopter, got a tandem, then got the helicopter as well. Yeah, Neil wrote some lovely poem for her. I can't quite remember what it was. It was something like Flight of Fancy or something. You are my flight of fancy. Yeah, you are, if, Just like a bike. If you fancy a ride on a chopper. <laughs> it'd be great if you'd actually got a, like one of those 1970s chopper bikes. Yeah, yeah it's a grifter. Yeah. You are the village bike. <laughs> um, She's happy, isn't she? She had one of the best birthdays ever. Yeah, and, and then came off the bike. Yeah, why did they do that? Taking a corner too quickly by the, the edge of the dairy, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, but why? Why is that a thing? Why did they make that happen? I don't know, maybe they caught sight of themselves in the viewing window. <laughs> yeah, but why is it a story? Oh, I don't know. I mean, oh, I know why it was there. Because it was for Helen to come into the mm. tea room and be left alone with George for a moment and for them to have their... Because she couldn't possibly, she wouldn't ever go in the tea room of her own accord. Yeah, well, Emma went out to check on her mum and that left Helen and mm. George in that awkward moment where he said, I knew that bike would be trouble. And Helen went, uh, yeah. And then later she was like, maybe you want to come and oh. clean out some fridges with me, George? They had some lovely chat. I really, really liked it. There are signs that George could be okay in the future. He's not okay yet, but there are loads of glimmering possibilities and, and perhaps pennies are dropping and Helen has taken time out to really try to get the messages home about bringing up boys and the online influences and Rob and it's all quite difficult. And she said, like, I think you might be getting it, might you? And he's like, yeah, I didn't really realise how bad he was. And I, he, he said, I'm sorry, Helen. Now, I might be a fool, but... I thought you were going to burst into song then. <laughs> Do you want me to? No, because you did it twice last week. Ah. Oh. oh, sorry. I won't do it again. I, I did sell that idea when I released <laughs> the pod. I don't know if it got more listeners or not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Record plummet. Yeah, thanks. No, but I'm very, very hopeful that he stays in it, basically, because I think he's such a good actor. I love his voice. I think he delivers his lines really well, and I want his character to develop, and I want him to be in it for a long, long time. He's been made to sound stupidly aggressive until now, hasn't he? And yeah. suddenly he sounds a little bit more rounded, even able to do posh voices when he spoke to Emma. Yes, indeed. And do you know what cured him? What? A guinea pig. Oh, yeah. Rico, the massive unit. Yeah, and Lola. Yeah, Lola has to run through a normal tunnel. I think Rico has to run through the polytunnel. <laughs> yeah, I am glad about all of that. See, it was a really great week. Was there anything that was bad? Ian was a bit of a twat. That... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. But that's part of the drama, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, it's nice, this idea that George is getting it. I mean, he's 18, he's still young. And mm -hmm. let's face it, there are men double his age or more that are still have appalling attitudes to women. Yes. You know, hopefully he gets it and he doesn't he doesn't continue down that road. And exactly. Yeah. I did write in brackets, which isn't really helpful. Helen and George, a thing? <gasps> well, yeah, when Lee buggers off to America forever at some point, which he ought to. Yeah, Kerry, speaking of Lee, yeah. we should mention that mm. he came on our Patreon this week. We met up with, we didn't meet up with, we spoke to yeah. Ryan Early, who plays Lee, he re-entered the shed mm -hmm. and uh, very interesting things that he had to say about what he, how he feels the relationship is going to go in the future between the two of them. He certainly, it was line in the sand stuff, wasn't it really? Yeah. That he said about their relationship and he said a lot about the Rob effect. He's such a lovely, lovely bloke. Well, I tell you what, we're going to play a bit of that interview for you now and then we will be back to talk about the end of the week. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cider Shed podcast. I'm delighted to say that joining Kerry and I this week, uh, Ryan Early, also known as Lee, is back with us. Ryan, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm actually a lot better than I was last time I spoke to you, which was quite a while ago, because I was very deep in early COVID last time and I was hallucinating. <laughs> 
I just had no memory of even speaking to you. <laughs> was the whole podcast like one oral hallucination it for was, you? Yeah, I was deep in that kind of fever, really early <laughs> COVID, bad. But I was like, okay, I've made a commitment. So and obviously it's in your bedroom anyway. I was in my bedroom, so I just switched on the microphone and, and chatted away. And so it was one of those sort of two days later I woke up and <laughs> was like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> was it was it kind of was it kind of like a strepsil truth serum did you exactly. thinking i do remember saying things that afterwards i mean i have no memory of it but i have i do remember afterwards saying oh god did i did i swear or did i i can't remember but presumably good thing is you could you could have edited it out if i could i mean the last time we spoke your biggest nemesis was kyle yates and his writing of <laughs> poor reviews of Borchester Blue and that's gone up a little notch really with the return of Rob Titchener. We did say last time is it just this phantom thing that would hang around in the background and maybe he never comes back and maybe he doesn't cause any problems. You said to us that it's possible maybe it does happen maybe it doesn't maybe they'll just be happy. How far in advance did you know that was it like the the one month script kind of thing? Did you know he was coming back sooner? Um, It's interesting because they're so clever the writers we started to just get a feeling that something was coming up because last year was we weren't we, we were in and about storyline wise we weren't really we weren't really you know so that everyone different families have different focuses in part of the village and part of Ambridge and things but we just started to feel something was happening we did me and um, Louisa who plays Helen we were always going gosh it does feel especially Helen she felt she felt that her voice she was being brought into the fold a bit more of her story and we were like mm, something's coming and then yeah and then it was it was then sort of it was it was one of those slow 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 quick last minute we were like we were told that there would be a uh, there would be a um not necessarily rob would immediately be back but there would be a a, a mention so once that happened it was it was very exciting. I felt so honoured as well to, to be part of it because it was something that was so legendary when I arrived. And, and I genuinely thought that I would, you know, I'd miss that because obviously I was post-Rob. Those scenes, the one where you were one-on-one with him in the park and that first scene when Helen went to meet him in the cafe, I think it, in, that, in the latter, it was just the two of them, the whole episode, wasn't it? Yeah, apart from the waitress, but yeah. But almost, yes, exactly. It was a real rare thing for the archers to de- dedicate almost, I think it was 30, It was a 13-minute scene, which is, yeah, it's just one of these one-off special, real, the audience, give the audience what they want kind of thing. Yeah, I thought in both of those scenes, like between you and him and between uh, Louisa and him, like the acting, like you said, incredible. He even cons the listeners a little bit. Even I was sat there in that first scene going, maybe he has changed. Maybe he's yeah. not the same person, yeah. but he he managed to get something out of Lee. Like he lays traps, doesn't he? And I was thinking back, we've heard it very much with Alan and other people in the last week, but I was thinking about that line you said to him about Jack or, was it either Jack or Henry has the bruises to prove it? And he said, yeah, I bet he does. And I thought, is that going to come up Mm. at some point later? Exactly in the scene I did with him, just by him getting out from of me that that I think it was Henry that had been at the sports centre and was very good at sports, and you just suddenly I I didn't I don't <clears throat> excuse me I don't know what the writers are uh, they suddenly think oh God now he knows mm-hmm. now he knows that certain times of the week Jack or Henry will be at the sports centre and you just don't know how many traps are being laid yeah they're brilliant those moments because all of us listening at home are going no <laughs> don't and actually it's Lee as well because. You try to sort of not prepare too much for these, so you're almost acting it in the moment and and also working it out in your own head. So even as I tried to do that with that scene as much as possible, so as I was saying it, I was thinking that. Yeah, you're living it. I was wondering, like, if Rob does take Jack or Henry as a hostage, you actually played a hostage negotiator in Coronation Street, didn't you? I did. I watched it this morning. Oh, with Jim McDonald. What? How did you watch that? It's on YouTube. I mean, honestly, I have very little memory of that either. You had a lovely northern accent. And I remember they stopped. I think we filmed it in Oldham and they shut down the whole centre of Oldham. Mm. That was a real uh, dress rehearsal of what it's like to be on Corrie. And it's a very different experience. If you go in for just one episode, Mm. it can be really... Because you've just got to... It's tough... It's like having your first day anywhere. (laughs) 
you get that first day on such a juggernaut as Corey, especially because um, I remember just yeah then sort of sitting with Beverly Callard for a few days just doing all this sort of terrorist chat or sort of yeah. <laughs> it was really gripping despite Jim McDonald sort of marching in in broad daylight with only a flat cap on as a disguise <laughs> I now want a podcast called Terrorist Chat with Beverly Callard. Terrorist Chat with Beverly Callard, exactly. <laughs> so you'd been in Corrie before as this hostage negotiator. You also told us last time you'd been in The Archers once before as a different character. I did, yeah, I was. I think I, I, I might be wrong, but I think I hold the record. I do, which is a real honour. Um, other people, it has happened over the, the last 75 years, but never... Mine was a, literally a month. It was only a month before I was Lee. I played a policeman friend of Harrison, who we went undercover, and we were at a stag do of. Um, oh yes. There was a stag do, and there was a drugs. There was a drugs bust, and I arrested. So they brought me in for that, and to do this episode, and I was where I played very deeply bad West Country accent, and I was. I remember listening. <laughs> And um, I was like, oh, you are definitely speaking louder than every single other person. <laughs> but unbelievably, yeah, a month later, I got a call saying, um, can you can you come back as as Lee, who's going to be the new karate instructor? And and the good thing was they said, just be you, just be just we just want your natural speaking voice. In the early stages of the relationship between Helen and Lee, you said you and Louisa would sometimes read the script and say, like, can we make this slightly funnier? Maybe something that we don't feel a little, we cringe as much when we say it. I guess that's not as easy with the things that are going on at the moment. I mean, you can't pick up these scripts and say, let's make this fun. <laughs> exactly. What we what's 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 really wonderful about us is we can tell the scenes which which shows them at their most comfortable and they have a sort of very specific sort of gentleness to each other. They're very rarely row, they're very rarely... And they they make each other laugh. And so the scenes like that, we know we can add our own little sprinkles to and we can mm. make... We do make each other laugh a lot and we really... There's a lot of takes that they have to cut because we're laughing so much. So it, it's great, those ones, because we can add our little sprinkles to, but... With the Rob stuff, as soon as it starts getting into some real different layers and levels, which the writers have obviously worked for a year on, actually, um, I hand that over to them completely. Because also you don't really know, you wouldn't want to change something that you don't even really know you're supposed to be highlighting. It's interesting you say that um, you and Helen don't row, but we often joke that you're kind of under the thumb and that you perhaps almost live in a cupboard in the house and you're not allowed to have your own things around the place. Do you, what do you feel like the dynamic is in that relationship between the pair of you? I think you're going to see a change quite soon, actually, just to sort of give, okay. give too much away. You are going to see, because this year's obviously been, this year's been unlike any other. I mean, we, we've been together five years mm. um, with a few stops and starts, but it's generally been about, because as soon as Lee understanding about Helen's previous trauma which seemed like it was in the past mm. it's been about and Lee being a psychotherapist and he works with elderly and he works with sick people and he's very much used to keeping calm and keeping things nice and and not being confrontational and and that really works with Helen's mm. post Rob trauma kind of thing but obviously this year the whole thing's been thrown up in the air into a washing machine of, of, and the trauma's come back and the person's come back and and as a result between the two of them, it's just a whole different dynamic because you're yeah. doing, he's dealing now with someone who's in the middle of real trauma again. It won't be the same again after this. It can't be because they've both, yeah. Rob's been, uh, Lee's been pushed away. He's been, he's made, he's hugely made mistakes. You know, he's, he's sort of made an unforgivable mistake halfway through the whole thing. And mm. So it's, it's a whole, you know, they say marriages and relationships burn down nine times on average and, and rebuild and, you know, even if it's small ways. And I think this is one of them. Definitely. I'm really fascinated to see what happens between the pair of you. Yeah. You know, over the coming weeks and months. Yeah. You've referenced it, the part on Corrie. Let's yeah. hear all, all about it then. I want to hear from the audition to the moment you found out, how you felt about it. How's, it, how's that all going? It is going great. I've had a blast on Corrie, I have to say. Um, it, yeah, I, it was very last minute. And um, uh, yeah, I, I auditioned, I, I did a screen test. And then, and then actually it was one of those 
just a few days before I actually started, I got the call saying that, the, yeah, I was going to be joining Corrie with uh, Stephanie Davis, who plays my wife, who's, my, um, who's amazing, who I love, and she, to say that we were going to come in as this new couple. And literally three days later, I, well, firstly, I had to drive my dog to Zurich to hand the dog over because I had no dog care uh, planned. And then I had, three days later, I was in The Rover's Return. And the first scene that I did <laughs> was um, in The Rover's Return. And that was three days later. So it was absolutely terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It took me a few weeks, definitely, to get myself, just get my head around the absolute juggernaut that is Corrie. But I've mm. absolutely loved it. It's been, a, yeah, it's been wonderful. You're in two juggernauts. I know. Crazy. That was a real pinch me moment when I realised I was playing a regular character in both the Coronation Street and the Archers. And quite often both episodes were on at the same time as well, or <laughs> on the same evening. So I was so I was Lee and Darren uh, yes, covering yeah. the bases of the United <laughs> Kingdom. Yeah. Is it like that theory that if you if you start Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the third lion's roar introducing the Wizard of Oz, it all ties in together? Yes. Um, <laughs> if you put on you in the archers at the same time as Corey, do, do Lee's words come out of Darren's <laughs> mouth? <laughs> you could make it. <laughs> there could be some kind of crossover. I'm always loved. I always think that the soaps could be more brave with that, that you could have people coming in to different, you know, do crossovers. Mm. But anyway, no, very different characters, very different people. Have you found yourself on the cover of any of those soap magazines? I have. Well, I've definitely been, and it, my head's not been the main cover yet. Might have done because they did take some pictures of me recently, actually. But I've been in little pictures and I've been very much, I've had to do lots of press for it. So there's been lots of interviews inside and throughout all the TV modes. Yeah, it is quite, and you sort of forget which ones. You just go into Sainsbury's just to get some. <laughs> some hummus and then you just suddenly flick through the magazines and then you're you're in you're in all of them um, yeah ryan i also noticed there's panto coming up tell us a bit about that that's one of the lovely things about you join a soap you get invited to do some really immediately this really fun stuff that came almost immediately yeah so if anyone is in northeast uh in uh, i'm going to be doing Cinderella in Darlington at the Majestic in Darlington. I'm playing Prince Charming. So I thought as a first panto, I thought that was a really nice one to get. Yeah. Hopefully I get a nice costume and I get to I sing um, Robbie Williams' Let Me Entertain You at the opening. Oh. oh my goodness. So yeah, so if anyone's about Christmas, come along to that. Sheila can come and watch you in that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> New cast members who live that way, actually, they can come. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I've just to be fair to a couple of our listeners, very quick fire. You don't need to say yeah, more sure. than a couple of words. Um, I opened it up to them. Oh, Liam, can he now remember his daughter's names? I think we've addressed we've that. Addressed that. We don't need to do that. Edward, why has he not run, fled for the hills? Well, I fled for San Francisco um, and loved it. So, I mean, I, I've, got, I've got an exit. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Yasmin uh, has asked, why the bleep does he stay with Helen? He loves Helen a lot. David Mullis says, does he does he refer to his daughters as evil and maybe, like I do? <laughs> I think Helen does, because they, they, they sort of didn't get on. Oh, that's right. They didn't get on at all, yeah, which I think was probably quite happy for her that they're in San Francisco. But um, no, no, he loves his daughters. Yeah, and he, he squeezed in the, the second question. Does he think the character of Tom is a prized twat? <laughs> I think we I think we did cover that one off as well. And um, as far as, uh, yeah, Teresa said, will he be tempted to go and live in America with his girls? Well, I think I, I kind of feel like they're going to leave that hanging in the background. But Yeah, I mean, they're there. It's a, it's a really painful thing. And I think the reality of it is just that it's really, they are a long way away and it's not too far. He can go. But mm. uh, it's not like they live up the road. It's not like they've got any kind of joint custody. But they're also getting older as well. You know, as kids get older, they don't necessarily need to see their parents all the time. I mean, I've got one more question for you before we wrap up. Have you read Lark Rise to Candleford? <laughs> no, but I saw the series when it was on before. Um, okay. I thought yes. you were going to tell me you were in it then. No, yes, I was a terrorist negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry, anything else you want to ask? No, just I would like to just say thank you so much for giving you giving us your precious time because you, oh, you seem to be all. super busy. And, um, Congratulations on your ratings, by the way. Oh yeah, thank you. oh thank you. We're as surprised as that by, <laughs> as anyone, <laughs> to be honest. 
Anytime, anytime. Really and yeah, great. thank you. Hope you enjoy, keep on loving Zurich. I had it in my head you were in Froome for some reason. Oh gosh, that's another part of my life, but that's that's a that's another chapter. I won't go into. Okay, Ryan, thanks so much for taking mm. the time to speak to us. Thank you. We hope all the best for Darren Vance and Lee Bryce going forward. All the best, everyone. Nice to speak to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Some of our patrons commented. Uh, Vivian said, absolutely blooming brilliant podcast. Ryan was super. Listening to him talk about the hot tub scenes made me think, where the hell is Mick? Is he still in the hot tub or been sucked down the (laughs) drain or something as he's never talked of? I thought about that for loose ends. I think Mm. loose ends is going to have to start going in our Patreon because it's getting so big. I don't know where to put it. (laughs) Secondhand Surfboard said, yet to listen, but shouldn't it be Enter the Flagon or am I just being very rude? Well, there's Enter the Dragon. I wrote Sensei Shinoli, Stars in the Way of the Flagon. (laughs) There's Enter the Dragon, Way of the the Dragon. Esther said, the interview is so lovely. You really do spoil us. That's that's directly quoted from the old Ambassadors Ferreira Roche ad, isn't it? Um, Helena said thank you such a lovely episode the actor who plays Dev I've seen in TK Maxx Wood Green and the buy to save supermarket in N22 god the Jimmy Harkishin (laughs) gossip never ends does it Um, there's a bit (laughs) he he likes a bargain by the sounds of it yeah there was some Dev uh, from Corrie gossip on the uh, involving me uh, Mm. on the patron with Ryan Kay said thank you that was so good he's lovely isn't he great episode Michelle said, thank you. Brilliant interview. And Liam said, great as usual. The throwaway mention of Froome perked the ears up as my better half and in-laws are from there. And Hannah's auntie was a minister there for a long time. No one outside the Southwest or even Somerset stroke Bath stroke Bristol area seemed to know Froome. So it always makes a smile when it gets a mention. The full length version of that interview is up on our Patreon. Well worth going to have a listen. Ryan tells us a little bit more about what he thinks about the Bridge Farm clan, including Tom, and uh, a little bit more on his Corrie character as well. We're also going to include a link for tickets to his treading of the boards in Panto season. So yeah, check that out. That'll be in the pod description. We're going to take a little break and we'll see you in a minute. Nosy neighbours? Prying shopkeepers? Overbearing in-laws? Treacherous Steps Felpersham has the solution for you. Treacherous Steps Felpersham has been installing unsafe exterior stairways for over 30 years. Maybe someone is trying to muscle in on a business you've worked hard for. Or they want to tell you about their model trains. Maybe they just want to drop round a container of Blander's soup. This is all about Bridge Farm, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Whatever the problem, Treacherous Steps Felpertum will be sure to push them. Sorry, I mean it in the right direction. Don't forget to check out our sister company, Risky Roofs Felpertum. They did the roof at Lower Loxley, you know. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Kerry, so uh, a little bit of a, a nod to you there with the ads this week. Thank you. My beloved Treacherous Steps that I thought would uh, play a major part in a storyline. And never have. No. <laughs> in the break, while Kerry and I went off to go and listen to Friday's episode and come back, there's now an almighty thunder and lightning storm going on right above my head. Mm. And I'm on the top floor. And uh, yeah, we haven't ha- we've had 30 degrees and sun for two weeks. So this is like the real mm. cracking of it tonight. Very so. Friday the 13th. Matthew. Yeah. I'm looking, and, and yeah. And apparently we're watching The Exorcist tonight. That's what's uh-huh. planned. I don't know how I'm going to fit that in. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of the exorcist, <laughs> yes. Kenton was a bit rough actually earlier in the week, wasn't he? Said to um, 
Emma, what are you going to do on this thing? Eat worms? Get your leg cut off? I was like, all right, Kenton, calm down. This guy went to some very dark places, didn't he? I know. He's good. I wish there was more Kenton, to be honest. Well, be more Kenton or be Mm. more Snell. Can we think of any other Snell-related slogans that we could come up with? Snell-related? Yeah, because Adil said to Linda, you know, I've decided I'm going to be more Snell. Yeah. I know he said that, but what other Snell-related slogans? I was thinking through Snell or High Water. (laughs) Maybe that's where Adil is now. He's on the highway to Snell. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think, like, him disappearing to Mars, is that being more Snell? Because I don't think it is, really. Linda would face her bumps in the road, wouldn't she? She did really suffer after the the accident the accident well it was an accident of sorts wasn't it Mm. poor blake her rigidity like there was chinks in the armor after that Mm. she was and it took a long time for her to come back in fact it was actually chelsea giving her a pixie cut that brought her back wasn't it yes it was yeah i just think you know he's he's said be more snell and then he's running away like a frightened coward are we sure he's not just some German World War Two recreation fantasist and it was be more schnell? Yeah. <laughs> he's off to an event in Warwickshire. <laughs> yeah. Well, the workmen should have been more schnell, shouldn't they, really? <laughs> it turns out Rodent Ronnie, or whatever his name oh, was, yeah. has pulled a fast one. What's his real name? Richard Gere or something like that. I can't remember. But... Uh, <laughs> He's given them Rico, the, the big, who George already noted was a bit of a big unit. Rico was not a he, but a she. And the reason yeah. she was a big unit was... Baby guinea pigs are coming, or have come. Yeah, isn't it normally quite common, for, or is it just hamsters that they eat their kids? Someone on Twitter's already telling me that they eat their babies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think that happened to Maria. Like She had a hamster and it had eight kids and it ate them. Oh, God, this is depressing. <laughs> Isn't it? Welcome to... Uh, Eat Your Kids. Eat Your Kids. Podcast. Um, <laughs> but only if you're a hamster. But Or guinea pig. Speaking of the guinea pig thing, now I've come up with a right old convoluted theory, which I tweeted about. I thought that the guinea pig was a sort of a metaphor for George a little bit. You know, like it's a sort of a bit annoying. It just needs some love and attention and distraction and potentially needed a partner, perhaps a bit of love interest and is a bit caged. Helen, 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 <laughs> Helen. Oh, yes. Uh, so I might be barking right up the wrong old guinea pig metaphor tree, George, <laughs> thing here. But uh, it just struck me that he's chiming with it in a yeah. way that I think he's sort of like, oh, it's probably a load of bollocks. But Well, it is completely in keeping with how they do things that it would be that clunky, isn't mm. it? So I think you might be on to something there. Mm. I did realise as well, they did say at the end that it was a Kerry Davis week this week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much that's got to do with the fact that I really enjoyed it. If he's responsible for Usha's line at the beginning of the week, well, Jesus didn't have to live in Ambridge. Oh, Kerry, you make us do it six times a week, mate. <laughs> that was a corker, wasn't it? Very funny. Also, can't you just take a part? I, I am sitting in a gaming chair right now. I'm not a gamer, but I have a gaming chair. And I just dismantled it to get it up the stairs and then put it back together again. They're big beasts, though, aren't they? I've got a tiny doorway in my basement that goes into the kitchen, dining, living room area. And we had to, we couldn't get a sofa through. I know sofa isn't a gaming chair, but, you know, they're quite broad aren't they they've got big asses. those gaming chairs we had to have our sofa built inside the uh, living room so it might be that they've got tiny doorways in little cottages the double-barreled name of the woman that mm. will was doing work for mrs chuftabits <laughs> i didn't quite understand what was happening in the church that was empty well there was a ref a meeting to discuss refugees and i presume accepting refugees into the local area neil was there as church warden alan was holding the meeting and nobody came because of the rob titchener um rob titch by now on golden discs the rob titchener collection <laughs> 
Yeah, that's shit, isn't it? That shouldn't stop you trying to help refugees, should it? No, and I thought Neil was quite careful when he said, well, some people don't like the idea of refugees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat was having a dinner, wasn't she, on Wednesday with the Hungarian person. Yeah. Which was kind of a link up to this, I guess, this topic that Alan's dealing with. Yeah. Oh, that's a bloody shame. So Rob's ruining refugee discussion meetings as well. And also, and when they left, Neil went, what's this? Rob Titchener is a... And then Neil acted as if he'd never seen a swear word in his life. What do you what think do you... it said? Rob Titchener is a an, an, ex, an ex-relative of the Archer family? Yeah. Oh, there's no need for that. What could it be? Was it... Well, I mean, that's the obvious Rapist. one, isn't it? I mean, that that's just factual, isn't it? Yeah. And who put it there as well, do you think? Who put the sign there? Oh, was it Usha? <laughs> <laughs> Peggy. No, she, she's a goner, isn't she? I forgot. She died on She died on Tuesday or Wednesday's episode. It was a strange episode, actually, the Friday one, I thought. Kerry and I have spoke about this a lot. Quite often, we try to record the bulk of it on a Thursday because our lives are very busy now. Mm. And we do a little filler on Friday. And tonight we did the bulk before Friday's episode. Yeah. And then just came straight back in after it. But quite often nothing happens on a Friday, <laughs> does it? Like we, we could just get away with not doing Friday's episode, and which was almost yeah. what we were going to do this week, wasn't it? Because you weren't going to be around. Yeah. But I know that we do that and something massive would happen. The yeah, helicopter like... that Susan's on will crash into Grey Gables on the Friday <laughs> oh, no. that we have off. No, don't. I've said that on Twitter before. Because I felt that the whole place is going to collapse yeah. as soon as they cut the ribbon. You know, like the Emmerdale plane crash thing on the village. Ryan said in the interview that he wished that some of the soaps would cross over more. Yeah. And when the plane crashed in Emmerdale, the next episode of Brookside, someone was reading the local newspaper and it said plane crash in Yorkshire. Brilliant. Bring it on. Do it. Go all meta. Until eventually there's only one soap (laughs) and it's our life. Yeah, it's going to be a bit (laughs) awkward for Ryan, though, because he's going to be Lee and Darren Vance. It's going to be like the bizarro Superman world, isn't it? Or the evil (laughs) Spider-Man who have to face off against Lee on the cobbles. We all have to face off with ourselves, Matthew. Kerry, if people want to... Get in touch on that aforementioned Twitter thing. I mean, all right, it's X, but good luck with that, Elon, because it's like trying to say they're not called Hoovers, they're called vacuums. It's done, mate. It's Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And it's dying. It is a bit, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I've gone to Blue Sky myself, just as personal Kerry Warbis. So please come and find me over there. It's quite hard to find everyone that you're following, you know, in the early stages. So give us a follow. Uh, But in the meantime, at the Cider Shed Pod on Twitter is still alive and well and clinging to the wreckage. Yeah, we've got an Instagram called at the Cider Shed Pod, which is the same as the Twitter. Uh, there was a fair bit of Ryan activity on there. We should also say go and check out Ryan in Panto this festive period. He's Darlington, he said, wasn't he? Yes, it? yeah, he's Prince Charming. Uh, lovely picture of him on his Instagram as Prince Charming. The role he was born to play. Oh, definitely. He is bloody Prince Charming, isn't he? Yeah. So any of your friends who are in and around the Darlington area, get them to go along to the show. I I did suggest to Ryan that Shula could go. Well, that's going to have a worse effect than the refugee meeting and the Rob (laughs) connection, I think. You've done him there, Kerry. I'm sorry. Um, luckily for us, Shula doesn't really exist. Well, you'll hear that. Will I will have left that bit in the interview anyway for people to hear, and you'll hear about how he enters the stage. That's uh, uh, personally, I want a video of that, or we riot. Yes. Also, we've got a Facebook group called the Side. Jesus Christ. Also, we've got a Facebook group called Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's called Jesus Christ. Thanks, Kerry. I was going to edit that out, and now oh, I can't. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to do it again. Okay, I'll shut up. We've got a Facebook group <laughs> called the Cider Shed Podcast. Uh, Kerry, we got corrected all over the shop this week about the size of Monty. We did indeed, yes. Monty is a big beast. What is it? Uh, Doberman. That's it. That, God, you can't get much bigger than that, can you? I had Monty, what's Lillian's dog called? That's the little ankle biter, isn't it? Yeah. 
really yappy. Uh, is it Ruby? Ruby. And the trouble was, I was associating... There was a scandal a little while ago. Wasn't there a dog like worrying sheep or something? And they accused Ruby. Mm. And Justin was like, no, no. The only thing she plays with is my slippers. And I had it in my head that for some reason... His sheepskin slippers. He was walking the dog that Linda owns, but they're not a couple, are they? No. Her and Robert are a couple. So I'd yeah. completely dreamt all of that up in my head. And I got Monty Ruby confusion because Adil was shit scared of Monty when he went to stay. I'm not surprised. So I think it was... It, on Twitter, there were a few people, but I think Lynn and Jess set us straight. Yeah. The thing is, Matthew... People don't listen to us for facts, do they? They come here listening. We're we're normal listeners who sort of miss things. We misremember things. Uh, we're not obsessed with getting everything right. But it's nice when people chip in and say, oh, actually, it's this. So it promotes a bit of feedback. I will tell you one thing, Kerry. Mm-hmm. Facts matter. <laughs> That's our new friend, the Factotron, who's here to help us out. Uh, might become more vocal over the coming weeks whenever we need help with facts. Uh, but at the moment, it's just kind of got a bit part. I love that music. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sorry. I can't mute because I'm holding my phone. Sorry. Because we've got two reviews, Matthew. Two? Yes, one is terrible. Excellent. Well, do yeah. the do the good one first. Okay. The good one is quite odd as well. In that, it's lovely and five stars, but the actual comment, and it's from a listener in South Africa. So that's amazing. I love it. I know, like, you know, you can hear things in other bits of the world. Cidershed, breaking news. <laughs> so anyway, South Africa listener has said, as their review... Love the comments. Oh, that's it? Yeah. What comments? Our comments or the comments of people on the review page? I don't know. But if you are listening, I'd love to know whether it's the comments of other reviews or... Anyway, it's five stars, so that's good. Moving on to the less good one. <laughs> this one is three stars, so not. it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's someone who had previously given a five star and they've downgraded it to three. Oh. Yeah. Um, and they're called Miss Withers. And the comment on the three star is, love the show, but the theme tunes are getting very tedious now. <laughs> well, theme tunes, surely they don't mean that someone read that review and got in touch on Facebook to say, if you change the theme tune, I'm going to go nuts. And uh, I was like, I don't think they mean the theme tunes. No. I think they mean the jingles. Yes, probably. Yeah, Kerry and I had a little chat about that last yeah. week and we were like, you know, we'll put that at the end. And if if we get like a behemoth of patrons, which we massively appreciate because we are up against it at the moment and it's really helping us. Yeah. We'll put it in the patron episode if it's if it's a monster episode and you'll get your you'll get your shout out on here and then we'll put your jingle in the patron. But at the moment, you know. I mean, to be honest, I'll say of that review from Miss Withers, I think it works slightly better like this. Love the show. But the theme tunes are getting very tedious now. (laughs) Kind of think that could have been an email rather than a 40% dip in love in your review. Oh, God. Don't think by (laughs) demoting a five-star review to a three-star, it gets you a jingle. Miss Withers gets that as a one-off. No, no, I'm joking, seriously. I know. Do you know, thank you for listening to us at all. And we do, all feedback is a gift, as someone really annoying used to say at American Express when I worked there. But but if you have got anything constructive to tell us, we love getting your emails. You can, you know, give us any feedback in that way. But like, yeah, dipping a review, uh, it does hurt us a bit on the Apple uh, yeah, charts and it, what have you so yeah. it's a bit like getting a kick in the chest and in the ring piece at the same and the time ghoulies, yeah <laughs> which we have a fear of we do okay and as if by magic we do have some patrons this week and you know what went with economy this week mm-hmm. okay first up sally abbott hey sally abbott thanks for all your help with the whole cider shed patron thing love and respect thank you Yay. sally that's all of our children there cheering at the end. <laughs> uh, Catherine. With a K? No, with a C. 
Stand up, Catherine. You went and did the whole cider shed patron thing, and we love you for it. Thanks. Cheers, Catherine. Lancashire lass. Hey there, Lancashire lass. I want you to know that although my generic voice sounds more like neighbouring Yorkshire's Sean Bean, we still really appreciate you becoming a Cider Shed patron. No regional offence intended. Respect. <laughs> Thanks, Lancashire lass. You've been to Lancashire, Kerry? Boo, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Mm. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's fine. I like Lancashire. <laughs> Kerry doesn't know what she's talking about. Just ignore her, Lancashire lass. <laughs> Willie Stewart became a patron, Kerry. Ah, brilliant, at last. OMG, Willie Stewart here in the Cider Shed Patron. What a wonderful addition. Thanks, Willie. I only said at last because he's a long-time lover of the Cider Shed. Yeah, I didn't like, mean at last. As come in. on, you stingy bastard. Yes, <laughs> that came out a bit wrong. No, we didn't mean that. Cheers, Willie. Mm. Much appreciated. Mysterious Anna. Mysterious Anna, you know who you are. Just wanted to say a big, massive thank you for joining the Cider Shed Patron. Take it easy. Particularly happy with the bass drop at the end on that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Cheers, Anna. And lastly, Matt Hollis. I'm looking for a Matt Hollis. Can you just let him know how much the cider shed appreciate his becoming a patron? Big cidery hugs. Thanks, Matt. Much appreciated. And I am aware. That while we've been on air, Kerry, yeah. Kelly Herx has become a patron as well. So big up, Kelly. Ah. We'll be doing you next week. Nice one. As ever, thanks, patrons. Like, mm. can't just say enough how grateful we are for the help and all of that just ticks along because of you. Thanks so much. Yes. Fantasy football worth a mention or not? Yes. Do you actually want to do the table roundup? Yes, I Okay, will. yeah, go Let on, you do, do it, it then. Oh, I'm in number 20 because it okay. tells me that immediately. Right, so I'll go down the bottom end first. As we, always. We have um, in 45th place, golly, I didn't even realise there were that many. Cassa Jackson is 45th. 44th is Emily Crew with the Ballad of Bowen. And 43, Nimrod Pleasure Bee. I don't think there's been any movement on the bottom. Well, speaking of bottoms, Peter Fickling's just above... Nimrod Pleasure Beach in 42 and just above Peter is Mary. Uh, oh dear. Can't, doesn't, doesn't even want to talk about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Perhaps I shouldn't have mentioned that. Not that far above is my brother actually in 38. Yeah. So going whizzing back to the top. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. I'll do it. Uh, top five. Nat Ogle, 4-4 Poo is in fifth. Chris Charlson in fourth, things can only get better. Audrey Cameron, third, below pars. James Scott is in second with FC James. And, uh, oh, he sounds really good, this one. Max Warpis Mansfield. Max FC is number one still. Only one point ahead, though, of James Scott in second. When are the authorities going to take a look at this? (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing corrupt about my family thank you matthew okay all right any anything we've missed kerry or should we just wrap up and i'm going to go and watch a lightning storm on my back balcony yeah let's wrap it right up i really enjoyed this week thanks for all your support love you very much and look forward to seeing and chatting with you and getting messages next week yeah thanks everyone um we'll try and do like a patreon mailbag episode during the week so we'll fill in any blanks that may exist there get Mm -hmm. continue to get in touch if you've got anything you want to ask us about hope you enjoyed the ryan stuff and yeah we'll see you next week bye bye right so i'll go down the bottom end first 